Good evening. Welcome to another edition of A Drink and a Talk. I am your host, Marcus. I am followed by two of the most handsome guys with beards. I'm still jealous here. I've been trying to grow this all November and it has not happened. But please welcome Derek and Jason. Let's start the show. I'm going to say this right now, at least, and I don't even say an hour before we started, you sent me a link and it was talking about Jake Paul versus Mayweather. And I don't know about you guys, but I had to stop and use every fiber of my being Logan Paul. to literally hate that article. Uh, I really hate it. Um, I, have, I have one question. Sure. Who is Logan? Logan Paul is a YouTuber. Oh, okay. He was basically a piece of shit. Why, why is he a piece of shit? Don't, it, is. I, I hate to say it, but you would have to literally go through his YouTube page and you will see why. I, well, I let's put it this to... way. Uh, all the riots that happened a little while back, like a few months ago or so, how long it was, he was actually a part of some of the riots. I think it was down in Arizona or something like that. He was out there trying to get publicity, essentially. Just being an asshole. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> he's oh. just a piece of oh. shit that's famous on YouTube well that's wow. the show business well, well it is nowadays I mean hell they you can get millions of dollars for unboxing stuff on YouTube well see, that's the, pro- well, see that's the problem that's the problem you have a YouTuber coming off of YouTube and entering the professional world of, of, of boxing and I can understand if you basically said, you know, halfway through your, you know, YouTube career, oh, you know, I'm going to give this crap up and actually train with some intent to go from amateur to pro. Understood. Understood. But to me, this whole matchup is making a mockery of boxing itself. Mayweather should not even, even think about putting on gloves to basically face off against some YouTuber who doesn't even have not even a quarter of experience. Because let's face it, what was this? What was his two matches? Uh, wait, he went up against another YouTuber, uh, then a retired NBA guy. That's that Nate guy. And uh, Nate yeah, Nate Robertson. And God, I know I'm missing somebody. I am missing somebody. I know I am. I think it was three fights that, he, that he's had, and they were like not even worth mentioning. But yet, for some odd reason, they generated so many views and then everybody wants in on it. And I'm looking at Mayweather like, that ain't even worth your time, honestly. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Uh, in fact, what? Uh, a good buddy of ours, uh, Ryan. I am pretty sure he is laughing right now. He's probably laughing right now at that article because he is he leans more towards uh, UFC, MMA, where I lean more towards boxing. We, me and him, we went at it in all categories of both sports. You know, of course, to me, boxing always stands out. I mean, you have, um, you have the best champions, you have the best trilogies, you have the best pound-for-pound fighters. And I'm like, you know, when it comes down to, when it comes down to MMA, it's like, I think of, how should I put this? I think of like childhood playground fighting. 
kind of. It's not as uniformal as, say, boxing, for example, like you're bringing up. Um, boxing is just one of those. It's a straight one-on-one. These are the rules. Stay within these boundaries and go to town. Whereas MMA, there's almost no rules depending on how you look at it. Like, obviously, there's some things like no low blows, things like that. Yeah. But I feel like boxing is more straight up person against person. It's not necessarily like uh, Muay Thai versus Krav Maga kind of thing like that. It's, it's just straight boxing. Well, see, that's my issue with uh, UFC. And I told uh, Ryan this. We got to have him on the show so me and him can battle this out, okay? It had to be an epic battle of proportions there. But I told him, I was like, I can't get into UFC the way I want to because it's all all the fighters are carbon copies of themselves of, of each other. They always say, Oh, you gotta learn Muay Thai, you gotta learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you gotta learn some wrestling, you gotta throw in a little bit of boxing. I agree with that. No, no, no honestly, no. yes. No. Bro, every no. dude, every gym, no. every gym no. that I have no. I have witnessed out here offer those those uh those martial arts, and it is fucking hilarious. Oh. Well, I have yeah, not seen anybody that, practice anything different. Because that's the basis of it. I mean, there, how boxing is such a stale art. You have the basically same fighters going in and doing the same thing. Okay. Boxing is all endurance. Watch, wa- watch, watch Machida. Machida uses karate. No, you can't. <laughs> Bro. Uh-uh. You, you talk, you, I'm not going to no. let you disrespect no, boxing. No, okay, no, Jason, no. No, I, I will. I will. I will. Derek, we have a worthy boxing. opponent right now. <laughs> Let's I go. I will disrespect boxing because I grew up watching boxing. Yes. Right? So, so you up... know, hold on. You know the you know the variant uh, offensive styles. You know the uh, various of defensive styles, the counters. You know, uh, uh, especially when it comes down to the Sunday punches. I mean, dude, I can go on and on all day about this. Like there's so many variations, especially when you but, are, when boxing is ingrained in you, you know what a boxer is using just by his stance and his footwork. You know what he's aiming at. You know if he's an inside fighter or outside fighter. Because That's a lot of people who are boxing per se, uh, per per se, they're all using similar styles. Whereas yeah. the UFC MMA, a lot of those guys they might know other styles, like they might know jujitsu, Krav McGraw, a lot of things like that. But then you also have the ones that are diehard, like, this is what I do. This is what I know. This is my style. And you get a lot of differences with someone coming in doing uh, karate versus someone coming in and doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It, it's yeah. not necessarily a straight, just a head-to-head matchup because well, there, there are going to be differences. Well, see, that's why I give a lot of credit to one uh, MMA fighter. He is no longer with the company. In fact, he was like, this was like back in the 90s when I first found out about MMA. This was like pride fighting. His name was uh, Tank Abbott. He didn't claim to know anything except street fighting. That's it. He's like, I'm a street fighter. That's it. Huh. And the fight that I saw, man, he just went in there and just wrecked shop. Like he was like, and uh, he didn't, he made it to the finals, but he didn't participate in the finals because he broke his head. I'm I'm stopping stopping you there, there. I'm stopping you there. Dude, he did. Okay. No, I'm stopping you there because where is Tank Abbott now? Oh, yeah. He's out and not really fighting because he couldn't advance with the sport. And guess what? 
he became a one-trick pony and got booted out. Hold up. No, hold on. Time out. Time out. He was with the company for several years. It was just during that tournament, he broke his hand on somebody's face. Here we go. Okay. Whatever. You want to see a good UFC heavyweight champion? Check out Stipe. He's from Cleveland. All right? He boxes. He kickboxes. And he does wrestling. And he does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He mixes all three of those into those. And he retired Daniel Cormier, a Olympic champion wrestler. He retired him, sent him home packing. And my number one issue, my number one issue with UFC, and please, Jason, I know you're going to agree with me when I say this. I know you're going to agree with me. And that is, look at the payout. Look at the payout. Okay. You got boxers. The last fight that what was it? It was uh, the last major fight was Conor McGregor versus uh, Mayweather. Are we just going to ignore the Tyson versus Roywood Jr.? That was no. That was a, that was an exhibition. That was an exhibition. They only got like a couple of th- uh, a couple of millions from it, but that's still that's in the category though. of it. But I'm talking about like the highest payday here, because you had Conor McGregor walking away with a hundred million dollars versus Mayweather, who walked away with over six hundred million dollars. Plus an extra $90 million because of his uh, pr- uh, promotion uh, company, Golden Boy Production. I mean, not, not Golden Boy. Why the hell do you think they agreed to it to begin with? Huh? Yeah. Why, Why do you think they agreed to it to begin with? But, dude, that's What's my problem. Money? But, dude, that's my problem. You got these guys in UFC. These are high-level athletes, okay? I'm not mm-hmm. taking that away from them. They're high-level athletes. They basically go out there. They get bloodied. They get bruised. And – Looking at their payday, what they come back out of, you know, going to this ring and basically beating each other up with, seeing their paycheck, bro, I'm like, dude, Dana White's an asshole. He really I is. I don't care who you are. You're going to go into a ring and get your ass beat no matter how old you are for $600 plus million. And, bro, dude, I mean, come on, bro. When I put it like this. When Mayweather beat the shit out of fucking McGregor and we saw their payout, I said, dude, look. Once again, ten okay. million dollars well, on the off, line. First off, I will get in the ring for twelve first, minutes, twelve rounds, off, and get my ass whooped for ten off, million. May- Mayweather didn't beat the shit out of McGregor. Mayweather, um, he he did his typical. I'm just going to do enough to win, and unfortunately for Conor McGregor, who is an MMA fighter, uh, couldn't break his MMA fighting tendencies. Um, Probably your rounds, he kept trying to grapple with him. Yeah, I know. And so, so your uh, your analogy of beating the shit out of Conor McGregor, uh, I, I think we can just go ahead and throw that out the window. But we um, say still, but hey, hold on, but hold on, I still give it to McGregor though because he walked away with a hundred million dollars. Well, no I, shit, I, I, no shit. I'm not, yeah, I'm not hating. Know. I'm not hating. I'm just saying. Okay, so, it's kind of so fucking let me, crazy. Let, let me ask you this, Marcus. How many Wait. how many boxing heavyweight champions are there? I would have to Google that. Literally, I would have to Google that, but I know the list is not as long as it should be because you did okay. have some people hold the belt for several No, 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 years. no, no. I'm not I'm not talking like throughout the history of boxing. How many heavyweight champions in boxing are there right now? Um isn't there just one at a time? No, 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 no. no. There's several there's several divisions. There's several divisions. Exactly. That's why UFC is far superior than boxing what? because you have one 
heavyweight <laughs> champion. You have, dude, bro, you can you I'm gonna gonna be right there. That. I'm gonna stop you right there. I, I no, 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 stop. No, right? no, you stop no, because let's face no, it, no, you, you have the international stage, you got the international stage here, you got the, the, the American stage right here. This is where the big bucks are at, baby. This is where everything goes down. Everybody wants to be in America fighting at the MGM Grand or the Caesars Palace for those millions of goddamn dollars, okay? Yes, when it comes down to our champions, yeah, I can, you could take that and yeah, okay, we got too many divisions. All right, that's cool. But when it comes down to oh, okay, it, I'm sorry to okay, say this, so, we have so, the most so, legendary so. fucking bouts. No, you don't. You haven't had a legendary <laughs> bout in years. Throw in Manila. Throw in Manila. How was long ago was that? How long ago was that? It's still a classic. <laughs> the Gotti... Hold on, hold on, excuse okay. me. The Gotti okay. Ward Trilogy. <laughs> also another good one. That's How three fights. How long ago was that? <laughs> Marcus, you're adorable. I love uh, you too. <laughs> I love you too. But when it comes down to I, it, bro, I mean, so boxing, so, boxing have, so uh, let me ask you rich history. So let, let me ask you one question. Wait. So you know, should there be should there be multiple like national football leagues so we can have like multiple different like football champions? Would that make it better? See, didn't they try to do that with uh, Vince McMahon? It kind of failed horribly. Oh yeah. XFL. And plus, let's look at let's let's look at all the other boxing promotions that are failing miserably because boxing has become stale and aren't getting the payouts like you're talking about compared to maybe one or two bigger promotions that are run by stars that pretty much will buy their victories so they can keep money rolling in. Pretty much. Uh, hold on, I'm looking this up right now because oh, here we go. He's doing his research. Yes, I am. How he is? No, oh, there it is. It says 2019 IBS, IBSI world estimate uh, industrial industrial revenues has grown at annual four oh annual rate of four point six percent to three hundred sixty one point five million over five years in 2019. That's 2019. Okay. The money in boxing is unquestionably higher than that in the UFC mixed martial arts industry. The top boxers can can get paid multi-million dollars per fight, while top UFC fighters get paid a mere couple of hundred thousand. That's where my problem is at right there with UFC. You have these big names that are basically getting a hundred thousand. They got to reach out outside of UFC in order to get paid. All right. Also, fight for hundred million. Why would you fight for a company that gives you hundred million dollars when there's another company out there who has more restrictions on their fighters, but they're seeing multi-million dollars just for throwing punches? I, I got a question for you. How old is boxing versus, say, UFC or MMA? Now, now, see, once again, once again, no, hold on. Ryan went that same route with me, and I said, bro, understand this much. Even though it is a young sport right now, everybody said the same thing. It is a young sport, but guess what? It is hot right now. It is hot. They got endorsement deals. They got commercials. They do pay-per-view routes. They do everything. The Which problem is, why is increasing. Bro, but the prop do. UFC is a multi-billion dollar corporation right now. 
They can afford to pay these up. fighters. Okay, they're churning out these fighters every year. There's always some jackass in a backwater fucking uh, Bufu Buckfuckville who think they could be a UFC fighter. Where is uh, Bufu Buckfuckville? Is that what you said? Yes. Oh, and that is that? the middle of fucking nowhere where somebody is catching like highlights of a UFC fight saying, I can do that. Oh, so Chicago. These gyms, they beat on some other amateur guy getting a couple of amateur fucking fights, and if they're lucky, they get into a, uh, uh, the undercard. If they're lucky, they get into an undercard. And once again, that's my problem with UFC. They're not getting well, paid what they're worth. You're, you're just going to skate right past my comment there? Excuse me? You're, you're just going to skate right past my comment there? I'm, no. Stop. <laughs> Stop you right there. Okay? Everybody knows what I mean when I say boofoo buck fuck deal, and that means yeah. I don't fucking Chicago. know. It's in the middle of nowhere, okay? Chicago. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Jason makes a valid point, dude. I'm not taking any champions away. I'm not taking any of their trilogy trilogies away. Yeah, they're still young. They don't have as many champions or trilogies the way boxing does. But it all to me, it all boils down to the money. All right. If, you're, if, you're, if your heavyweight champion is seeing a couple of hundred thousand for winning... Actually, actually, Stipe, Stipe, the last fight he got, he actually broke uh, a million with the final fight with uh, with a um, Daniel Cormier. Um, but but the point of it is, is this. But the point of it is, is this. It's not money. Well, dude, some of these... Dude, some, some of the times money is but, online here because these guys are literally but, giving up their livelihood to fight. Yeah, you're right. But Stipe, look... Yeah, boxing makes more money. I'm not. I'm not going to argue that point with you. Of course. But why is it that more and more people are turning to UFC and mixed martial arts and leaving boxing? It's the next thing. Because, dude, I hate to say it like this: the boxing, the boxing world hasn't been relevant since the. Tyson? I would say the end of the end of the Tyson era. Uh, not even the Tyson era. I would say uh, Lennox Lewis. Yeah, Lennox Lewis. Because when Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield, ev- no, Evander Holyfield was uh, much older now. He was uh, aiming towards retirement. Mike Tyson was in jail. He got out, and he was, and everybody knew he was just like he wasn't there because he was just only in the matches to basically get money. That's where the uh, Lennox Lewis and the uh, Evander Holyfield fights came from. It was him paying off the money that he owes to the IRS. So when you look at these these fighters, especially when it comes down to money, yeah, it's always going to boil down to money. That's the way I look at that. You know, yeah, some of them fight, some of them, some of them fight because yeah, they want to know who's the top dog, is who's number 1. And boxing in the boxing world, as soon as all the I would say relevant heavyweights retired, that was it. You saw a shift go from heavyweights to, uh, you might as well just say, uh, light heavy middle because you had the likes of Bernard Hopkins and uh, uh, Royce Jones Jr. You had those guys. Kind of like a cruiserweight. Huh? Kind of like a cruiserweight. No, 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 no. Cruiserweight, that's that's lower down the line. 
But yeah. they didn't get into those. Cruiserweight is still irrelevant because they still have uh, welterweight and uh, featherweight. And that's where uh, Pacquiao and Mayweather comes into play at. Because right. you see it now. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, looking at, I'm looking at some numbers here. Go and it, this, is, this is from 2017. But overall, throughout the years, from 2000... 2002 all the way up to 2017 the UFC has had more pay-per-view buys and have had more people in attendance than okay buys. okay I, dude, I give them that I'm not gonna take that away I give them that so but you have this style in boxing and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it and you can argue with me all you want but <laughs> it's not going to change my mind you have this style in boxing that is stale. People are tired of just the same fights, the same, you know, fights going, the, not, nothing exciting happening compared to when you have UFC and MMA and that you have a more exciting fight. The, product, the product that MMA makes is a much better product than what boxing is no me you personally, want to know why would... you want to know why okay i will say i will i will probably proclaim this <clears throat> and that is because when it comes down to a fight what is the one thing everybody looks for they're not looking for style they're looking for the fucking knockout heavyweight division back in the days everybody i mean Tyson used to sell out seats in seconds the moment they knew that he had a victim. Not even say opponent, a victim. Why? Because it didn't take them that long to basically put somebody on their ass. Everybody looks for the knockout. UFC is, I would say, relevant because look at what these guys are doing. Holy shit, you know? They're not basically, you know, judging distance, getting the rhythm going or anything like that. No, they're shooting in. They're, you know, uh, taking a person to the ground. They're beating their face in and shit like that. The guy's laying there with his own blood all over his face, choking for air. You got the ref trying to grab his mouth guard out and shit. That's what people look for. That's why UFC is uh, relevant today is because everybody looks for the fucking knockout. The times are changing. Literally just going off of what you're saying here, too. And what, what Jason's saying, too, it Boxing has gotten to a point it's stale. It's just kind of rinse and repeat nowadays because everyone's seeing everything you really can do in boxing. Everyone's looking for that big right hand or a lucky uppercut for that knock, quick knockout. Whereas with MMA and UFC, you got people doing these like crazy ass flying high knees, some weird Brazilian backflip with a fucking knee to the back of the head or some crazy bullshit like that. That you're watching like, what the hell did I just watch? And that, that's what people are looking for. It's, it's new and it's, it's exciting. Of course. But to me, I got to look at the practical here. I got to look at practical here, especially when it comes down to boxing and, and uh, UFC. I watched boxing because, yeah, my father watched it and he got me into it. He taught me boxing. It, it, was, it was a love of the sport. Uh, funny enough, I can use my boxing in a street fight versus whatever these guys are using in the ring in UFC? Uh, uh, actually, no, because you can use Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing 
and karate and every other form of martial arts that they use in a street Actually, fight. Actually, Jason, Jason, I'm gonna put it to you like this, bro. I can understand Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I will I will admit this on this podcast right now. I never want to fight three three different fighters, and that is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist, a Muay Thai artist. And a Shaolin monk. Those are my three. Those are my big three no-nos. Okay. <laughs> I will never fight those. Okay. A Shaolin monk. Bro, I've been watching some crazy <laughs> shit on YouTube about these guys. And the shit that they can pull off, it scares me. Okay. They're 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 very mystical. They're mystical. But I I, I tell you this much. You know who I don't want to fight? I, I don't want to fight a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't want to fight a wrestler. And I don't oh. want to fight, and I don't want to fight somebody that knows kickboxing. Kickboxing is they'll fuck you up for sure. Kickboxing will fuck you up. Honestly, honestly, I honestly. never really, I, I, I never really got into kickboxing. The two martial arts that I used to make fun of was number one was taekwondo, and the second one was kickboxing. Kickboxing to me, no, was, if they, no, hold on, hold on, before you, before you say anything, before you say anything, Derek. All right. Kickboxing to me was a watered down version of Muay Thai. But Muay Thai is kickboxing. Nah, buddy. Mm-mm. If you look at if you look at the uh, look at the K1 circuits on uh, YouTube, and then look at the Muay Thai matches in their homeland of Thailand, you will. But see- you, you you do realize that there's there's like, if I'm remembering this correctly, because my friend, a friend of mine, he's he's really big into MMA and. But there's like the American kickboxing, and then there's Muay Thai kickboxing. Yes. And the Muay Thai kickboxing is fucking brutal compared to the American kickboxing. Yeah, oh, that's, for sure. yeah that's Muay Thai. That's literally Muay yeah. Thai, bro. That's why like, I said seen, Muay, That's I why I said Muay Thai kickboxing. And, and bro, honestly, <laughs> and honestly, just just knowing the difference here, that's why I always used to laugh at. At kickboxing, this is me younger. This is young, naive Marcus here, okay? I don't really fuck with any martial <laughs> artists. But when it comes down to the uh, two, of course, Taekwondo, I'm like, that's just fancy fucking footwork. Who the fuck are you going to basically kick to death in a street fight? That's never going to happen. When it comes down to... Oh, you're not good. <laughs> what's yeah, what's going to happen is... A kickboxer is going to kick out your legs and just be like, "Oh, you're on the ground because you can't walk because I blew out your knee." Yeah, <laughs> I'm walking away from man. you. What the hell well, happened? See, that's that's the problem that I have with kickboxing because kickboxing has it has elements of Muay Thai, but they take away the crucial aspects of Muay Thai and they watered it down and it's not as effective. When you see it in the uh, K1 bouts. Versus the uh, Thailand uh, bouts in the dens, you're just like, yeah, they they sort of fucked that up. Well, yes and no, because kickboxing is more so revolved around using your feet and using your legs as weapons, versus yeah. Muay Thai, which is a little bit more mixed of both arms and legs. Yeah, it's so the, more Muay, Thai, like- Muay Thai is known as the science of eight limbs. Okay, <laughs> that right there should scare you enough. That that's like the main piece, and then they've got all these other random fighting styles that kind of branch off it. Like kickboxing, it's taking that concept and breaking it down and focusing on the legs alone. Granted, they might have some other aspects in there, like throwing punches, things like that, but predominantly it's based around footwork and kicking. 
Of course. So it's not necessarily a watered down version. It's more like a it's a specialized version of it. So I'm just going to throw this out here. There's one thing that will always trump UFC over over UFC MMA over boxing. Please. And that is the health of the fighters after their career. Because with UFC and MMA, you can submit a person, which I think that is more fucking brutal than knocking someone out. You're basically tying somebody or choking somebody and getting them to say, you know what? I quit. I'm done. And a lot of the fighters that come out of MMA and MMA compared to boxers aren't punchy. They have all their, they still have all their brains. They can still function. You look at boxers that have gone through the ringer and they're not the same. Look at look at Muhammad Ali. The, the number of punches to the head and everything else and the rules that are in MMA are more to protect the fighters than there are in boxing. You know what? I can't argue with that. Yep. I really can't. And That's on top accurate. of that, you know, UFC, UFC does offer great uh, attendance when it comes down to their medical staff versus boxing. Uh, when it comes down to boxing, it's your gym that is responsible for you. And of course, you're responsible for your own health, you know. And once again, I mean, I don't shit on UFC as hard as people think that I do. I do believe that there are some very good champions. I do believe there are some good uh, up and coming contenders that are very hungry for that belt. I just have an issue. I have a very huge issue with what they're being paid. That's it. That's all. They should not be getting, you know, a, a six figure deal off of, you know, commercials and and wearing a, apparel versus going in the ring. You know, I mean, you just stated that, you know, uh, one guy just just broke a million dollars. I was like, dude, a million dollars. That's that's not even that's like an undercard in Vegas versus like a main event in Vegas, you know, main event shit. You're seeing upwards of like the lowest I heard was about what? Six, $7 million. And Mayweather yeah. topped that Mayweather and, and uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya topped that shit with fucking 60, 70, $80 million, you know? And I'm like, it, it, I'm like and, it, it, and you're right. You're, you're, you're really right. The, the, the boxing payout compared to MMA is, is, really, is really off. But, you know, until UFC gets to a point to where boxing is, they're, they're not going to see that money. Well, to be honest with you, I, don't, I, I, I definitely see in the near future that the popularity of the sport will hit a peak. Yeah. They will they will basically be at a pivotal moment just like boxing was it'll be at a pivotal moment where it's like okay we got these up-and-comers you know we got these superstars they are not happy i mean look at look at uh conor mcgregor he didn't have to he didn't have to uh accept that fight uh to uh mayweather if he was <laughs> with the ufc belts and what he was getting paid 
he would have been like, all right, I'm cool. I don't need to cross over. But he crossed over and he made a hundred million dollars off of that. You See, know, I, I personally, yeah. think I mean, he did it for the, he did it for the money. He he wanted the money from the payout. Obviously, everyone would all want that kind of money. Of but course, there's also one of those. He likes to go out for the fight and try to better other people at their own game, which is exactly mm-hmm. what he tried to do. Yeah. Mm. And also, the other thing you also have to look at too, Marcus. I think it was Derek. You might be able to help me out with this. Uh, MMA was banned for the longest time in New York City. I think it was oh, just yeah. mid. Yeah, I think I just think it was mid. I think I think it was just mid two thousand that they finally got the fight in Madison Square Gardens. Yes. Uh, the, the, yes. The, the the early days, the early days of UFC. Oh, it it was, it was. It was, I mean, it was they, disgusting. No yeah, way. They they would have to get no nothing. Like they barely got the they barely get licenses in uh like what the West like California shit like that. They mostly had most of their tournaments held uh down south, you know, like Florida and shit like that. Yeah, I remember it was really Fight Club for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like Fight Club and, and, and that. <laughs> and, and you had you had a you had a senator that came out and said, you know. MMA UFC it's human cockfighting and yeah. it wasn't until it wasn't until Dana stepped in and gave the sport some legitimacy that you're starting to see the rise of it and I think that's I, I think you're just going to eventually see you know more and more they had a very very shaky foundation mm-hmm. but now that it's starting to actually pick up and a lot more people are starting to get interested in it and a lot of people, more people are trying to actually make it a life goal to fight in UFC, MMA, things like that. It's, it's starting to gain more traction, getting more ground. And with that, a lot of the pricing for everything is going to come up because the demand for it is going to skyrocket. Well, going to yeah. start getting more promotions and things along that line. Well, see, I, like I said uh, earlier, I was introduced not to UFC, but to pride fighting. They did, a, they did an event in uh, Japan. That's mm-hmm. why I was introduced to Tank Abbott, um, uh, Ken Shamrock's brother, he fought there. In fact, that night he actually pinned somebody in under uh 10 seconds. That was fucking amazing. That was like a first for me. And I'm like, I saw the evolution of pride fighting to UFC. I appreciate what Dana White has done for the sport. He done. He he's done an amazing job. I'm not gonna discredit him from that. But I'm like, night in, night out, these guys are training hard. They get on the undercard or they're the main event and stuff like that. You know, they promote the hell out of these bouts. Ooh, excuse me. My my issue is, my issue is definitely the pay. Because these guys definitely should be paid what the hell they're worth. Okay, these are some of them are veterans in this sport. Some of them are oh, women that are like superstars in their own rights. I give them that, just like with boxing. Whenever I see an up and coming that's showing promise, I'm like, that guy's gonna go places. I don't have to worry about, you know, I don't have to worry about him making it to the MGM Grand or the Caesar Palace or anything like that. Because guess what? His talent is proving that automatically. He's doing an amazing job. He's gonna basically be there. He's gonna make millions upon millions of dollars when i look at ufc and i i see these guys battling it out in the amateur cars and stuff like that or the undercars and then they make it to the main event i'm like 
my only thing is what was the price that they had to pay for it? Because let's face it, they're not getting what they're paid. They're not getting paid what they're worth. That's the problem. Yeah, but at the same time of it, they're still you know, it's just like when boxing first started out. When boxing first started out, they weren't making as much money as they are now. It, oh, of it, it will it will eventually catch up. And I, you know what? I, I hope they do. I really hope they do. I would like to look at UFC. I would like to I would like to look at UFC on the same page as 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 boxing one day. I really do. But until then, I got I got gripe with it. That's how I am. You know, I am I am willing to change my mind because once again, I am an open-minded free thinker here. But right now, I'm just gonna be like, look, they fucking these fighters over. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong on that point. But, I mean, it, it's like it, it's like everything else. It's going to take it, it's going to take some time because they got a lot of stuff to shake off from their past. Cuz a lot oh, of people yeah. still look at it as, you know, as a blood sport, and it's not a blood sport. There's a, a lot, lot of it's very barbaric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, and that's it, kind. Of, but dude, but but, but I, with, with people who look at it as barbaric, I have to question them and say, well, isn't that combat sports in a whole? I mean, look at boxing. Look at boxing. The, those guys get bloody as well. Oh, extremely. You know, you look at K one. You look at you go to the Muay Thai dens in fucking uh, Thailand. You know, those guys get bloody. I'm like, it's to me. Those who do not understand combat sports or true violence are the ones that are going to criticize the most. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel about that. That's why I always have a gripe with uh, people who think that they have a grasp on what violence is because of what movies showed them versus what actual violence is. Okay? It, it fucking kills me that they believe that, you know, somebody like me who's 165 fucking pounds can go up against Jason, who's probably in the upper, you know, upper 200s. It's like... That's being generous. Yeah. That's very being generous. <laughs> thank I'm you. Just, I'm just saying, it's not feasible. It's not feasible. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping the upper 200s. That's, that's good. <laughs> I make you feel good about myself. Marcus... If I can see Rey Mysterio taking down the Great Collie and Big Show, weight size be damned. Oh, dude. <laughs> okay, you know what? You're oh, gonna hear. Gonna, you're gonna hear it gonna, once again out of my lips, gonna, and 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 everybody on our podcast is gonna hear it. I'm just gonna say it, and that is wrestling's fake. Okay, clearly there was no way in hell Rey Mysterio should have won. <laughs> <laughs> now, and we lost Jason. <laughs> Now, I will say, there is a what? No, no, Derek, you hold stop. On, hold on, hold on. Wrestling <laughs> is not fake. It's still real to me, damn it. No. You know, I'm going to share this story right now. My dad, he ordered a pay-per-view uh, WWF match for us. It was uh, the Buried Alive match. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus uh, Undertaker. And we were so hyped for this. He ordered it. We called our friends over. We're like, yeah, woo, we're going to watch this. And the night of the, the, night of, the uh, uh, of the event, 
we we pile into the living room. We're we're surrounding the TV and we're enjoying every second of this. I mean, we're just glued to it. Okay. As soon as it's over with, we're high fiving. We're like, yeah. My dad standing in the hallway smoking a black and mal. He got this big smile on his face. I'm thinking, oh, he's you know he done something great for his kids. Yeah. All right. Now we're high fiving. We're talking about the match. He comes out of left field and he's like, so did y'all enjoy y'all sales? We all look to him. Yeah, thanks. Oh, you're the best. Yeah, woo, yeah. And he looks at me. He looks at all of us. And I mean, with the straightest fucking face, he says, you know wrestling's fake, right? And he turns around and he walks out the room. And there was a moment where we were all silent for five to ten minutes. We were quiet. And the next thing you know, somebody just said, but that was a good match, though. And then we went right back to talking about it. But he already planted the season down. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I will say there are a lot of real aspects to wrestling. The people actually do get hurt. Yeah, yeah. some of the moves they the do bumps they, cause a lot of pain. Yeah. A lot the, of the bump, the bumps they take are real. But yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, I, a lot of it's already scripted out, but there are there's a lot of improvisation with it as well. So, in a sense, it is real and it's fake at the same time. Yeah, it, yeah. it's. It is the greatest example of athleticism I think you will ever see. It's athletic showmanship. Yeah. And you know what? And it's still fun. I mean, watching it evolve over the years. I've watched wrestling since I was a little kid. Me and my dad and my grandfather and my dad's dad watched wrestling. So, like it's something that's been kind of on and off in my family and in my life for years. And it's, it's just something that's just fun. You, it, it's, it's a, it's the male equivalent of a soap opera because they tell a story. Yeah, It is because they tell a story in the ring. It's you have, you know, you have the big baby face taken on the, the big nasty hill. You, you have the underdog versus the champion. There's every aspect that you can think of a sports narrative is told in a wrestling match. Every match tells a story, no matter how big or small. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I was, I was introduced to wrestling through my cousins. They were bigger than us. Um, and, and <clears throat> they would come over, they would watch it with us. And just like any family who watches wrestling, they love to practice wrestling moves on the younger cousins. So Yeah. I was I was actually putting a torture rack at one point, and even to this day, do that. <laughs> like even to this day, I still I don't watch wrestling as prominent as I should, but I do find myself on YouTube, you know, uh, catching up on the latest from uh, Total Impact Wrestling or WWE and stuff like that, or even the uh, the Japanese circuit, which I find. Like those guys are hilarious. Like holy shit, oh, dude! Sure. The, the whole culture in Japanese wrestling is crazy because they take that shit serious. They do, they do. Holy like shit, you you'll see you'll see like somebody hit this big move and not get a pop, and then you'll see like a series of arm drags and the crowd just goes crazy over it. Oh man, dude! Some of the matches in Japan, like I, I understand why Goldberg went over there first, and then came to the U, uh, WWE. And his time over there, he said he learned a lot. The people were amazing, and I'm just like, 
Yeah, I gotta check this out. And check yeah, he, out for he, Holy shit, those guys are into it. He actually he actually went over there to learn because when he was when he was coming up through WCW, um, he he didn't get very much training. And he oh, you go back and you watch some of those early matches of Goldberg and they're terrible. Mm-hmm. But you wanna see you wanna see like what happens when you put Goldberg in there with somebody that knows wrestling and can actually know how to fight. Uh, look up the YouTube video of Goldberg versus William Regal. And kind of the history behind that match was they wanted to put Goldberg in the ring with somebody that could teach him how to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing this story a lot, but so William Regal went out there and Regal is not only is he a, uh, a noted bare knuckle boxer from, from, from England, he's also a really great wrestler. And he, he, he got stiff with Goldberg. And he put Goldberg in his place in a few spots in those matches. And it mm-hmm. actually ended up costing Regal his career at WCW. But it, it, it's it's crazy to see how the Japanese culture is with professional wrestling compared to the American culture. Because it, it's, it's, it's taken real serious over there. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Oh my God, I was about to make an awesome point here because, uh, oh, that's right, uh, Vice, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, yep. I've been watching that, that show. I've seen that show. the uh, Montreal Screwjob, there was a lot going on with that, uh, the mm-hmm. Von Erics, that one broke, that one broke my heart, like holy crap. That, that, that is a really sad story. And there's a lot of tragedy that comes from that WCCW because one of my favorite wrestlers of all time was Bruiser Brody. And he came from that promotion mm-hmm. and he ended up, he ended up getting murdered in, um, in Puerto Rico. And yeah. they actually did a dark side. Yeah. And that's, yeah, they did it. They did an episode of that. Yep. Yeah. And um, for the longest time, I hated Tony Atlas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I I absolutely hated Tony Atlas, and then I started. I saw that, and I read a book about Bruiser Brody's life, and it kind of changed my opinion on uh, Tony Atlas. And uh, I uh, I now think the biggest piece of shit was uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but I mean, when, when, but honestly. And I, I have this conversation with a good buddy of mine. Shout out to my boy Dante. We we sit back and we watch a whole bunch of shit on YouTube when we uh, have more than a couple of beers or some whiskey. First, we start off with the top ten uh, boxing knockouts. <laughs> we got to start with that. Then we hit the international circuit of like K one Muay Thai, you know, stuff like that. More knockouts, and then. Of course, we do football. NASCAR showed up later, but that shit was fucking hilarious. But I think the the funniest one that we did yet was, uh, um, what was it? The uh, fake martial arts uh, dojos and masters. And there was one that I was recently looking at where there were two guys. They were on the ground. They were on their knees on the ground. And the guy says, I want you to try to hit me. And the guy looked at him and was like, uh, okay. 
So he puts his hands up. He puts his hands up. Palms out. He puts his hands up. And this one guy said, all right, go. And this guy is literally, like, repeatedly hitting this guy in the face. And I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, dude, block that shit. Throw your hands up. What the fuck? And they stop it. They stop it. They reset it. The dude calms down. He puts his hands up, palms out again, and says, all right, let's go again. And dude says, go. And dude is, like, repeatedly punching him in the face. And I'm like, okay, you know, what the fuck is really going on here? And that right there is why I've always been skeptical about, you know, even talking with my buddies that got kids. They're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm taking my kid to uh, learn karate or he's going to learn judo or some shit like that or taekwondo. Eh? And I just look at them like, really? Hey, just 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 throw them into boxing. Throw them into boxing. Throw them into a fucking, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu class because honestly, I'm I, the... To me, karate in, in, in the West is watered down. There's no, you don't really earn the fucking belt. I literally consider Western karate fake. I really um, Man, that's kind of hard because th- there's, there's still, I mean, for someone to open up a karate school and to be a teacher, there's still a lot you got to go through. And I, I, I think, unfortunately, you're kind of, taking the ideal of like the key master the kai masters and like those people that can do like the dim mock and like the no touch knockouts and stuff like that that's the true crime right there yes um true and 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 that's not that's not what they teach you in actual karate classes like actual going to an actual karate class you're going to learn karate you're going to learn how to defend yourself now there are people out there that do prey on people that are for one reason or another looking for something more spiritual or something more inclined into being like more mystical and that's the true that's the true crime that's the true um fake karate as they say or kung fu or however you want to say it well i'll I'll put it to you like this jason i have a background, if I may say, a uh, couple more than a couple of my friends know what I used to do back home for a hobby, and basically, I, I I myself was a street fighter. I used to love getting into street fights. I used to love it. The, the thrill of combat, facing off against somebody, you know, odds against you. Hey, the whole nine. I love that shit. And one day a buddy asked me, why don't I basically consider going to study a martial arts? He's like, hey, you know, why don't you go study at a dojo, you know, take up karate or something like that. And I flat out refused. I flat out refused. And he asked me, he followed up with why. He was like, you know, you can win tournaments and all this other stuff, you know, get renowned. And I said, Mind you, this is young Marcus here. It wasn't for it wasn't for the fame. It was for the thrill of combat. That's why I was in it. But at the same time, I really didn't see how a dojo experience could basically transition to an actual fucking street fight. Somebody that basically has a weapon on them, like a knife, a bat, a gun. And 
I told him, I was like, for me at that time, I was like, going to learn karate or kempo or whatever, I was like, that's useless. That's useless when you're facing off against somebody who doesn't know a martial arts, who only knows probably like a handful of techniques. And majority of them is when they take you to the ground and basically start beating your face in. So I was like, I did not see the, the, the necessity of going to a dojo and learning, you know, these techniques that were passed down for thousands of years and, you know, shit like that. And it was fucking crazy. You know, even when we talk about these uh, key masters, <laughs> I understand that you're looking for uh, some mystic ability that makes you, you know, fucking unique, you know. But let's face it, you're not. <laughs> okay? When it all boiled down to it, and I believe my dad said it best, and that was, it's a kill or be killed situation in a street fight. Okay? Either you're going to walk away with a couple of scratches and bruises, or you're not walking away at all. And that's, that was the mindset at that time. And even to this day, that's still a mindset right there if I was ever, you know, confronted when it comes down to a fight. Of course, I'm older now. I can basically try my best to de-escalate. But the moment the person swings, it's like, okay, kill or be killed. I got to do what I got to do. Versus, hey, let me raise my key and and block this and hit him with my palm and knock him out, <laughs> which is not going to work. Well, and, and again, though, that's where you're getting kind of the, the two things mixed up. Because when you go to a karate class, you know, yeah, they're going to teach you either they're going to basically set you up as are you doing it for competition or are you doing it for self-defense? And if you're going to do it for competition, they're going to teach you how to fight in a competition setting. But if you're going for self-defense, they're going to teach you how to defend yourself. Now, they're not going to teach you key because even they know that's crap. <laughs> Understood. Um, but I mean. I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time of it, though, I'd much I'd be more worried about the person that can control himself and control how he fights compared to somebody that's flying off the hinges that's emotional. True, but at the in the same rep, <clears throat> at the same rep, it it once again it all boils down to the dojo the dojo that you go to. Uh, Derek, you remember uh, Eric? Yes, I do. Part of our team. Uh, he told me about uh, his dojo experience in uh, New York. And he he was telling me, like, you know, his sensei was, you know, nothing to play around with. Like, this guy was, like, hardcore. Like, he put them through brutal training. And I'm like, okay, that's what's up, you know, versus a guy who works a nine-to-five he, he walks into his dojo, do a couple of, you know, stretches, talks with the buddies, and then they start practicing their forms. I'm like, where, where's like the real exercise in all of that? Where's the muscle, where's the muscle memory that comes from the exercise that leads to the, the practicing of the techniques? There is none. You know, most of these, um, most of these dojos are literally you know, uh, pay to play. And that's the crazy part. Like, I, I understand that you got bills to pay and stuff like that. Granted, 
But I'm like, you're not giving these guys the true essence of martial arts when it boils down to it. You're literally cheapening the experience because, yeah, it looks good in a dojo, but if they are not prepared when it comes down to a real world experience, they're going to get hurt or killed. And that's the problem. Again, though, I don't think that's necessarily always going to be the case. I think it does come down to, yeah, what kind of dojo are you going to? But it's also because there's going to be good dojos and there's going to be bad dojos. But I mean, really, without you're passing judgment on this without ever actually experiencing it, I think you should go and experience it, Marcus. Honestly, honestly, I really thought about uh, checking out a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, uh, dojo or class, if they call it. Because, I mean, let's face it, for me, I always look for the practicality of things. I look for the most effective uh, method. And if I am to not only defend myself, but defend those around me, it's like I got to know what I can do and what's going to be effective to not defeat the opponent, but prevail over the situation. You know, that's how I look at things. So... For me, learning karate, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> you know, if there was a Muay Thai gym, it's like, hey, sign me up. Boxing gym, hey, I'm in there all day. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'll take a stab at it. You know, I might get flung around for being, you know, 160 pounds or some shit. But, hey, it'd be fun, you know. No, I, I, think, I, I, think, I think you should uh, – I, I, th- I think you should try karate. I mean – you don't know until you try it and, and what it is. I, I've never done it because I, I've spent my life I spent my life with judo and wrestling. I actually so, did take karate when I was a kid back in elementary school for a couple of years. And personally, when I was actually there, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was different. It wasn't necessarily like a, a real big self-defense kind of thing. It was more so the... Um, self-discipline aspect of it that I got really out of it. Well, see, Jason, not only did I learn boxing from my dad, my mom and my dad, they actually signed us up for wrestling. I used to wrestle for a high school district. And I wrestled for a year or two. uh, (laughs) Hey. And I did boxing for a little while as well. But I, I tell a lot of people like it was, and that is I did not enjoy wrestling because I love wrestling. No, no, no. There, no, there's a good reason. No, there's a good reason. There's a good reason. I've got a good reason, too. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. But I did not enjoy it because the workouts were brutal. He would put us, he would match us not with our peers, but he would match us with varsity. So mm-hmm. we would work out with varsity. We would have to wrestle our varsity partner. And nine times out of, not even nine times, ten times out of ten, bro, if you would have saw me wrestling a varsity person, Marcus got manhandled every single time, okay? This guy literally stopped one, at one point and said, are you even trying? That's how bad I was getting beat, okay? I did not like it, but I appreciated it because when I went to uh, a tournament, I won my first match. Mm-hmm. I actually faced off against this guy and just wiped the floor with him, had a great time doing it. And it was because the training paid off. Now, <clears throat> when it comes down to a, a class, especially when you're telling me to 
you know, look at doing karate, I would not want to learn in the West. I would rather basically fly East. I would rather go to Japan, Okinawa, and learn there because I know for a fact their training is probably nine, eight to nine times more brutal than what they're doing over here. Quick, quick back, I just sent you guys a picture of the guy I used to have to wrestle when I was in high school. I wrestled for one year and then quit. This guy, I, I've known uh, him like third grade. It's the guy on the right. Okay, because I was about to say there's two guys here, and if you got beat by a black guy, that's going to be hilarious. Oh, no, no, no. But uh, uh, it was the guy on the right, a guy named Lee. I, I've known him since the third grade. Like I've known him for years. Bro, their uh, arms alone. Yeah. Big motherfucker. Note it. Note it. Jesus Christ. I think he was a lineman on our football team. And he was already wrestling for like four or five years at this point when it was my first year. And I was the only one in his weight class. So as like a bare bones starter, I had to wrestle him every single time. Jesus. He beat the shit out of me every single time. (laughs) (laughs) But think of how good you you could have been if you would have stuck with it because oh, i i mean the, the same thing happened to me like when i started wrestling i had to go against our varsities and i you know going in as i started my sophomore year so i was six three 275 pounds as as a sophomore in high school and that's jesus christ <laughs> and um Big you know point. i had I, and, and i had and those are those are the guys i had to wrestle I had to wrestle other 275 pound guys that were 17, 18 years old, you know, been doing it for years. And, mm-hmm. and I tell you what, it made me a better wrestler. By the time I was a junior, I was getting pins and I was advancing in tournaments and stuff like that. See, and when, when I wrestled and when I, back in my freshman year, I was like five, 10, like 170. Like I, I was tiny. <laughs> oh shit! I was uh shit. I was I was in the 160, 165 bracket. Yeah, I, I am. I am glad. I am glad my mom has not decided to post those pictures on uh, Facebook because let's face it, I, I I was I was likely a twig. <laughs> when I graduated, I was like five ten, five eleven, and I was about 180, 185 roughly. Mm. I I graduated high school six foot six, three hundred pounds. Uh, six foot even, one sixty, <laughs> and still the same weight, which is actually pretty fucked up. I was like, uh, I'm doing something wrong here. I was like, I wanted to be in the one eighty bracket by the time I was in my thirties, but yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah, I I started working out out of uh, McDonald's when I was still in high school, and after that, my metabolism just tanked. <laughs> fucking tanked oh man like 40 pounds working there but I mean at the end of it at the end of the day I I, I think like with everything else is you know what you put into it and especially like when it comes to like karate and all that stuff what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it exactly oh yeah it's literally reap what you sow man in, in all honesty, I used to be a monster with my hands. I can box with, like, I had a, uh, my buddy Rodney. 
he he was an amateur Golden Gloves, and I used to be on point with him. And mind you, never stepped foot in a boxing gym, only learned the basics from my dad and, you know, um, basically just training every day. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with boxing that I used to hold summer training camps, you know, because I love the sport so much. Even when it came down to wrestling, I enjoyed wrestling because, yeah, on one hand, it sucked because... I'm getting my ass beat by a varsity guy, but it was fun because I was learning something new that I knew was going to basically follow me for the rest of my life. And that was but, the best part. But answer me this though. How great was it when you hit a throw on a person and you, you were able to throw them and slam them to the ground? That was always my favorite thing. I, got I love to grab two good hits like that going up against Lee. I got two. And then he beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Actually, but there is there there is no greater feeling than grabbing somebody and and hitting a throw like hitting the belly. Like, actually, perfect case in point. When I was in high school, I was in marching band for all four years, and I, I kicked myself every now and then because I wish I played football as well. Because there's a few people that did that; they played football and were in the marching band. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck they did it, but I kind of wish I tried to do it myself. But every year we'd always have a game of the marching band versus the football team, just like a little backyard football game. And every year they always put me on the line because I was one of the bigger guys, even though I was only 180. And every time I would plow right through the fucking line and just destroy the quarterback (laughs) every fucking time. So much so that the actual coach of the football team wanted to get me to join but there was like a uh, an unspoken agreement between the coach and the band director where they wouldn't try to vulture each other off. Like they wouldn't try to vulture someone from the band to play football and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wish I did because uh, we were actually playing a game of football here recently on Thanksgiving. It was uh, me, Craig, and uh, his brother, a bunch of other people from Valvoline I used to work with. And, uh, we went out there to uh, Beaver Creek High School in the morning before all the festivities for Thanksgiving. And I was on the line because bigger guy. And uh, we had, I think it was three of us going up against four of their defenders for the offense. Because I, I was on defense at the time when we first started. And <laughs> I just stood up and plowed straight through this guy and knocked him directly on his ass two plays in. And he's Jesus. like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and he was a pretty big guy. But just fucking plowed through him like he wasn't even there. Well, I mean, I, for me, uh, this is actually very funny. My first wrestling meet, I lost. I you went against a guy, I lost. Oh, no, no. Here's the fun part. They pulled me aside after I lost, and they told me, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, there was actually a mix-up because I was in the 160 bracket. That guy was actually in the 170 bracket. But that still didn't make me feel any better. I was like, I still lost. Like, what the fuck? You know, so we hit the mats. Of course, I'm with varsity. I'm getting thrown all over the place. But I'm learning at the same time because I'm still pissed off because of this loss. So, you know, next meet shows. Next meet comes up. And... Lo and behold, same guy. I'm looking at my coach like, dude, it's the same guy. Like, the fuck? 
So I had to wrestle the same guy, and I end up beating him. And yes, I did throw him, and that shit was fucking fantastic. But did you? It's the best feeling in the world. The old. <laughs> the old I'm not twist. doing no dick <laughs> twist. No dick twist. No dick twist. Yeah. No, it, felt, it felt good. It felt. And Jason, I already know you know the feeling when that ref grabs your wrist and he raises your hand up. It, it's oh, yeah. Everybody's applauding. That is like. The best feeling in the world. That is fucking euphoric as fuck. I um I was at I was at sectionals. Uh I made it to sectionals and I was getting ready to go to uh districts, which I think was one tournament away from going to state. And my last match I had, um, because I I mean I was tall. I was a tall is, heavyweight. Just at regionals. Uh regionals, yeah. Something like I can't remember, man. Do you know how long high school was for me? I think it was like district, <laughs> regional, to state, or something like that. Yeah. So I was at districts, and I'm wrestling this kid, and this kid kind of he goes to try to stand up, and his legs are really spread apart. And my coach looks at me, and he goes, "Run the legs," and I got to run the legs on another on another heavyweight. I got to slide my legs through, roll him over, and just stretch him out. And I got the pin like that. That was a great feeling. <laughs> you know what? If we're talking, if we're talking wrestling, I should have basically got in contact with two buddies of mine. That is, uh, funny enough, uh, they are the descendants of Eusebius S. Grant. That is Warren and Eric Grant. Warren was he when I when I met Warren, he was uh, hanging out with my older brothers, and they were in high school already. But he was part of the wrestling team, and this dude was a fucking beast. I'm talking about, like, he would practice with us in his front yard, and I don't know what this dude was was thinking or what he was eating or drinking, whatever the fuck, but he was just indestructible. He was just – you couldn't stop this guy when it came down to wrestling. He was that fucking good. His brother – I would, uh, Eric, that is my, that is my brother for life. He, he wasn't on the same page as Warren was when it came, when it comes down to wrestling, but he was damn near close. Okay. And it was, it was like, when it came down to wrestling, like I said, they knew everything about it. Even when it came down to like WCW, WWE, they were my buddies who came over for the pay-per-view match. It was like anything that involved wrestling, be it uh, high school wrestling or, you know, uh, entertainment wrestling, they knew everything. And, man, it was just fucking amazing to just be around them. But Warren, I I wish he could hear this podcast, get in contact with me because it's been years. But if, if he was on this podcast, man, this dude would tell you about some of his matches. Warren, Warren to me, he was indestructible. Like, I don't even think I've heard of Warren losing a match. He was that good. Uh, Weren't we supposed to talk about video games and Bigfoot tonight? (laughs) We can still get on that. I thought thought it was uh, Bigfoot and illegal uh, and aliens and somehow link it to illegal immigrants. Oh, that that too. We can still go that route. I don't mind. But at the same time, I'm going to say it right now. If they delayed, uh, if they delayed Cyberpunk one more time, we're going to burn down a building. Don't you mean when? When? 
When they do, we're I, burning something. You know they're going to. I am turning in the Johnny Silverhand and burning something down. I am protesting. I am that being said, I will give a lot of respect to the studios that are making Cyberpunk because they delayed it one of the last times because they didn't want to put out an unfinished product. I will and, give them credit for that. And you know what? And dude, That's the one thing I've been telling everybody. I give a lot of props to uh, CD Projekt Red. When you look at their resume with what they did with the uh, Witcher series, they've done an amazing job. Yeah. They really have. They went above and beyond. Like, hell, I'm still playing The Witcher 3, okay? When it comes down to uh, Cyberpunk here, they announced Cyberpunk 2077 back in 2013. Yep. Okay? 2013. We're now 2020. And I'm like this. I have waited for so long to play this fucking game. And the moment they say, oh, we have to delay just a little. I don't know. I say we start a riot. What are we starting a riot go over? Because when they delay Cyberpunk 2077 one more time, we riot. Wouldn't you I, I rather heard... have it be completely done, though, versus them trying to sell out some broken game that doesn't work properly. Well, bro, we gave him enough time. Look how much time has passed. And then on top of that, it was supposed to drop, what, November 19th? Then they pushed it back to November 10th. Okay. What do you think Half-Life fans feel? Okay, you know what? When it comes down to Half-Life, I'm going to say it, be the first person to say it right now to all our listeners. Guess what? Half-Life 3 is not coming. Okay. It's not coming. They're being assholes. They're getting your hopes up for no fucking reason. They're not putting out Half-Life 3. I, I will say, at least uh, uh, I can't remember what the fuck you just said for the, the name of the company that made Cyberpunk 2077. Project uh, Red? Yeah, CD Project Red. CD Project Red, that's it. At least they're not going with the Rockstar approach, which is, uh, it gets done when it gets done. Fuck you. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Okay, so I'm going to go uber nerd here. So, you know, Cyberpunk was originally a role-playing game. Yes. A tabletop role-playing game. And what's cool is um, with Johnny Silverhand being in the game, he was a character from that game. Yes. He was like one of the big, bigger NPCs. So for me, I'm hoping that they have like guys like Morgan Blackhand and a lot of these other characters were throughout the game show show up in the video game. Well they did they did say they did say that characters from the past uh role playing games will be making an appearance. In fact you see uh uh what's that one guy's name? He's he, he's basically more cyborg than human. Uh he works for uh uh Arasaka. Yeah he yeah. makes an appearance. He he's a, he he's definitely in the game. Johnny Silverhand's in the game, and then, two two characters two two characters I want to see is Spider Murphy, and Morgan Blackhand. Morgan Morgan Blackhand was the end all be all solos in the game. Well, I just want to see if I can make a character with a twenty inch cock. I am Ooh. definitely going to go with twenty inches here. <laughs> That's going to be like three uh, hours, no, three to four hours of me sitting here making my character with a twenty inch cock. I mean. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. They're trying to say it's going to be like the most uh, immersive and 
most customizable characters of all time. With multicolored pubes. <laughs> Are you going to be able to put dick veins on it, too? If they do, I am all for it. See, are we talking like before or post foreskin with 20 inches? Oh, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> of course. So I'm like, I am I am looking forward to basically spending three to four hours of my life customizing shit. In fact, uh, my boys, we were talking about this in our group chat. And my boy Steve was like, he's like, once you make your character... Share it to the group. And I said, bro, I don't even know if I'll be done in a day. <laughs> okay, if they're talking about is highly detailed, I'm going to be sitting here just going nuts with it. And if I do have the option for a 20-inch cock with fucking multicolored fucking pubes, I'm in. I'm just saying that right off the bat. That's going to be hilarious. That's that. I mean, okay, I'm going to be the asshole that says it. Is maybe customizing your genitals a bit too far no absolutely not <laughs> honestly honestly a little bit but no i mean <laughs> you look at the gaming industry now bro not even now look back in the days when uh god i'm trying to remember the game that i was playing where you can actually uh choose the bus size of your female character. I'm trying to remember the fucking game of it. But you can choose how big her titties are. And that shit was fucking hilarious. Huh? Well, you talking about Saints Row? It, I believe it probably was Saints Row. Yeah, it was Saints Row. Because you get to choose how big the junk was or how big the titties was and all that right. other shit. And that shit was fucking hilarious at the time. So I'm like, you know, we are literally getting... I would say we're getting to that stage where Video games is literally not only considered art, but at the same time, the restrictions are coming off. The restrictions are definitely coming off. I mean, of course, you got all these senators, all oh, video games, they they create violence. Been playing violent video games for damn near, what, 20 years or so. And I'm they like, have proven Grand Theft Auto causes violence. Fuck off. No, I have played every fucking I, I just, Grand Theft every, Auto, and I have never had the urge to basically go out there and basically gun down a fucking prostitute or shoot a mailman. Just saying. So they need to stop it with that fucking argument, okay? Fuck that. Mm. Mm. Whenever somebody says something, whenever somebody says something about video game violence, I like to go back to the comedian David Cross. And I love that David is, Cross. I love what was, the, what was the video game that the Nazis played that made them want to kill all the Jews? <laughs> oh, fuck. What was that? Good one. Was it Wolfenstein? Yes. I think, uh, I think it was Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Okay. Wolfenstein. Because they had Nazis in the game. And you, the, the final boss of the game was Adolf Hitler. Or, I'm sorry, Mecha Adolf Hitler. Huge improvement. Uh, <laughs> uh, people, people, people look for excuses for everything that is wrong in society because they don't want to take the responsibility of maybe it's just people are violent in nature at times. Maybe people just suck. Yeah, maybe people do just suck. I agree with both of y'all. <clears throat> I mean, let's face it. We as humans, we are basically prone to violent tendencies and we suck. <laughs> 
So since we're talking about genitals and <laughs> we were promised to talk about Bigfoot, um, oh. do you do you think Bigfoot has like normal human junk or like one of those weird uh, red rocket things dogs have? I'm saying red rocket all the way. I'm saying it's a giant horse cock. The, no, hold on. Before we continue, my only issue because I sat back, I sat back as we when you brought that up, I sat back and I got on YouTube and I was looking up uh, the Bigfoot hunter shit that was on a uh, History Channel, and the part that puzzled me the most was these guys doing the mating call of the Bigfoot, and I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck would you do a mating call for a Bigfoot? I was like, for me, horse cock. (laughs) If this thing comes running out of a fucking, coming running out of the fucking woods with a fucking hard on, ready to fuck some, you're fucked, okay? I would rather do uh, 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 the the challenge call of, hey, I'm on your territory, come fight me. At least I'll get beat to death. No, these dudes (laughs) are about to get a fucking horse cock up their ass. I've got a question for you. All because they were trying to prove. Bigfoot was alive. I've got a question for you. Go for it. Would you believe someone saying that they got raped by aliens versus someone who says they got raped by Bigfoot? Honestly, Ooh. I would say raped by Bigfoot. Ooh. Ah, I would say raped by I Bigfoot. I wish they both. Because guess I wish what? They both. Guess what? They went into the fucking woods, did the fucking mating call, and they <laughs> earned it. They earned that rape. Okay. If somebody says, well, I got raped by aliens, it's like, really? I don't see that. Like, you can't do a mating call with, with aliens. Is what? there an alien what? mating call? You know, I mean, dude, uh, you ask those questions. Like, why would they rape you? Like, what the I mean, fuck? But with Bigfoot, it's like, a Bigfoot fucking raped me. It's like, well, why the fuck were you in the woods doing a mating call doing a mating at call. night? Look with a camera. Like, you just fucked yourself. So, dude, hey, that's on you. I mean, I'm of the two. I'm just going to say this: the Bigfoot. Please, Jason. What was that? I don't know though, because I think I I I think the alien raping is a lot worse because you're you're not you're not doing a Bigfoot mating call. You're not doing an alien mating call. You're just bopping along, and alien beams you up into their ship, and they're just like, okay, we're going to stick you with an anal probe. And we're going to put a vacuum on you, junk, and suck out your semen. That's a lot more interesting than getting fucked by Bigfoot, which I, I just to see is very aggressive and primal. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thrown to the ground against your will. No matter how many pounds you weigh, you're thrown to the ground. Your pants are ripped the fuck At off. At least with aliens, I won't be shamed. He is grabbing you by I your hips to bring you closer, <laughs> and he's raping <laughs> you constantly. I don't know. That's just fucking scary. At least with an alien, there's like some technology involved. Okay. At least you'll have yeah, some still though. But well, still though, with you're the, getting with raped in the middle of nowhere in your backyard. Okay, you're on. You're still on dirt. Okay, you're getting raped in Wyoming. Okay. But, Versus, but, oh, they put a anal probe up my ass and fucking sucked out some semen. Okay. Okay. I got at raped. least they will have a view. Versus. You gotta basically uh, walk home, gotta walk true. home with torn up jeans, a bloody asshole, and scarred for the rest of your life. Well, I mean, but looking at it this way too, though, at least with a Bigfoot raping, 
you can kind of be like, hey, you know what? This was kind of my fault. And alien raping is just very, very rude. They chose me. I mean, like you. I mean, yeah, they chose you. They they preyed upon you to do their weird science experiments. Well, I will say this: if they were considerate enough, they would mind wipe you. No, if they're considerate enough, they'll call you for another round. You know, hey, yeah, they give you a common courtesy reach around. That's cool. But with aliens, they might just say, all right, you forget. Okay, as long as you basically play dumb and just don't try to fucking follow through, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You can be like, hey, my mind got wiped. I ain't going to think about it. Let me go on with my life. That's cool. But with a Bigfoot, they ain't no forgetting. The stitches are there. The stitches are there, baby. I'm just saying. See, with that logic, what's to say we haven't been raped by aliens already? That's true, too. You know what? I'm going to ask you to shut up and we not think about it. <laughs> We've all seen Men in Black. Once again, hey, uh, I'm going to ask you to hey, shut Marcus. up and we don't talk about it. <laughs> hey, Marcus, do you have any points in time in your life where you're missing some time? Maybe 15, 20 minutes? I don't know hours? what you're talking about. Maybe a couple of days you just have a lapse in memory. I am between lapse. work and home, and I black out from drinking whiskey. Okay, that's all everybody needs to know. Hey, what if drinking whiskey is a mating call? You yeah, know what? I'm gonna need you to what stop. If, I'm what if, need you what to if stop right there? What if, what if there's aliens looking in your windows, being like, "All right, he's on his fifth glass, sixth one, he's out. We go in. Red team, go. Red team, go." <laughs> At least I'm not gonna remember. Versus, I'm standing there doing a mating call, like we're gonna find us a Bigfoot tonight, guys. <laughs> and I find a Bigfoot, but not in the way I thought I should find a Bigfoot. But realistically, that could just be some homeless man named Cletus that's been living in the wild for 53 years. Well, then you know, I had it coming still because Cletus, he's been in the woods for 50 years. He got that old man strength. What can I do? What can I? I can call the but cops, a- but it's gonna take a while for them to find him. Versus so, hunting down a mountain man. No, just saying. If it was was a mountain man, of course the cops are gonna find him. They're gonna prosecute him. I'm gonna get justice, and I'd be like, "Ugh, yeah." Mm." But if it was Bigfoot, there probably one or two people I would have to tell because I'm coming home and my jeans are shredded and my asshole is bleeding, and. They're not going to believe me, so guess what? I'll just have to live with that fucking dark secret for the rest of my That's life. That's literally one of those you couldn't explain it to anyone because they would make fun of you religiously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so with this talk of being raped by Bigfoot or aliens, what if Bigfoot is an alien? Because there is that belief that Bigfoot is an alien. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I wouldn't put it I mean, dude, let's face it. You, there's only been what a handful of sightings of him. He disappeared just like that. I, uh, I just, I, I just listened to a side stories off of last uh, last podcast on the left, and they were talking that the, I think it was Turkish or Indian army found Yeti prints in the mountains. Um, uh, I think I know what you talked about on which episode it was. Yeah, it was just the most recent side stories. Oh, and um, I haven't heard that one yet. 
Yeah. And um, that's uh, hmm? I don't know. Like, I think I think Bigfoot could be real. Uh, it's it's very possible because there's still so many things on our planet that we don't understand and don't know anything about. And I I, I think it is possible. I mean, hell, look for example, um, Sentinel Islands. I think it is the yeah. last civilization of people untouched by modern technology. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally been banned for anyone to go there because they'll actually act violently oh. against outsiders. Wasn't that the island that that uh, missionary person went to and they shot him full of arrows? Yes. Ah, oh, I love that story. And they've also caught, <laughs> I think it was like three or four fishermen at one point who wandered too close. They yeah. like shot him with bow and arrow and like threw spears or some shit at him. Yeah. So the, I, I, the, the local government actually deemed it too dangerous for anyone to go there. <laughs> I love that. I, I just, there's something about that that I absolutely love. Like, but there's stuff like that all over this planet that we just don't know and don't understand. Oh, yeah. about. So it's very always, possible for Bigfoot to actually exist or yeah. to have existed at some point. Yeah. Well, that's why I say so, that's why I say we need to leave it alone because maybe we not we we're not ready for the answers for that whatever we're gonna find. Maybe we already have the answers, but our government won't tell us. Hmm. Maybe. Well, see, that's that's when it comes. I'll, I'll put it like this: when it comes down to UFOs, everybody's like, "Oh, the government's keeping it from us because they don't think we're ready for it." And you know, I'm like, "No, I think the government, when it comes down to UFOs, the government doesn't want it being public knowledge like that because let's they face it, have- yeah, they want to get their hands on it first. They want to find out the patterns. They want to get. They want to capture it." So therefore, they can reverse engineer it and they'd be the first. I mean, look at America in a whole. We want to be on top. If another country gets their hands on alien technology, they literally just, you know, flip the script automatically. You know, well, well, there is the belief that um, the Nazis had alien technology. The Nazis well, we had a lot of things. Uh, okay? Well, no, it, it wasn't project, uh, project Paperclip. Well, no, that, was, that's part of the reason why we got yeah. all those Nazi scientists. And our government has started declassifying, you know, information. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's just a matter of time before uh, it actually gets declassified that uh, aliens are real. Well, they've already kind of said that they are without publicly saying it no they no they have publicly came out that uh one video of uh two airmen telling a uh unidentified uh craft they had a press was doing on that. possible moves I, I remember seeing this yeah and they they even stated they don't know what the fuck it is it's not from any country in fact it's not from anything on this world the way it was moving, the speeds, the thermal temperatures on it, because they they were using uh, thermal thermal imagery to follow it, what and it was like this thing was moving. And so we already know that something is out there. It, it okay. could be Iron Man. I'm just saying. Now, if it is, <laughs> then you know what? He needs to pony up on some of that armor right there, because Marcus needs to go for uh, going a trip soon. I'm just saying, I'd rather basically have my own suit of armor and fly. 
Just saying. I mean, wouldn't we all? So, so since we're on the subject of aliens, what about those middle model monoliths? Oh Jesus! Oh boy! Look, I, I don't know. I think what one showed up in uh, California. Romania. One showed up in Utah. Utah, yeah. One showed up in 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 Romania. Yes. And then the third one showed up in California. See, the one like over in Romania, I don't understand that one. The ones in the states are easily forged. It, that that could easily like California, they could easily make up some bullshit like that. And the fact that it happened a few days after the first one was initially found. Damn. Honestly, I, I, I don't I, know if I necessarily believe the ones out here in the States, but the one in Romania is very interesting. And it it had the same pattern as the others, as it right. showed up and then it disappeared. Well, I'm still leaning on a reasonable explanation because, let's face it, there have been pranks pulled in the past. But if, of course, they oh, yeah. if they if they tested the metal, if they tested the metal, and it's not of this world, then that's a different story. I would be like, okay, get your shotguns ready, guys. <laughs> We're going in. Good old <laughs> alien hunt. <laughs> you know, but, but I, I mean, I just, I, you I, can't. I, with you, I just see a bunch of guys just having fun with it. You know, they're they're enjoying this little spotlight. Couple of months from now, they'll come out of the woodworks and be like, "Yeah, we built them," you know, that sort of thing. I could see that, you know. So, I don't, I don't pay that one too much mind because somebody's just trying to basically get themselves out there and have their little fifteen minutes of fame, if I may say. That's how I look. But at it. if you, but with you talking about like the metals being found on Earth, you do realize that they found traces of metal that's found on Earth in space so they could have the same metals in on different planets that are that can be found on earth yeah well that all depends like i said it has to be a different type of metal a metal not originated from earth if it did if it did come from outer space there would be a high concentration of uh, radiation from it. Don't you think? Oh, probably. But those things aren't haven't been sticking around long enough for anybody to test. Well, of course, that's because they're taking them down as fast as possible. But I'm like, when it comes down to it, you know, I don't really... This is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for everybody here. I... Ooh, excuse me. I don't really see, you know, uh, the big deal, you know, until they basically say, okay, this metal was not of this world. Ooh. Or, you know, basically, I'm waiting for like some 4chan user to basically be like, yeah, I built them because that's usually the fucking case. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's probably it's probably some kind of art project of Above all else, yeah. I mean, you guys want to see me fuck with the world? Let's, let's see what happens with this. Yeah, it is 2020, <laughs> pretty much. So I'm like, you know, for me, it's all skepticism because, yeah, I used to be an avid UFO hunter myself. I used to always watch, you know, the documentaries, the YouTube videos, and stuff like that. I'm always into the stuff like that. 
But when it comes down to what's happening now with these monoliths, it's like, yeah, they're appearing out of nowhere. That's because somebody's like, okay, we'll wait until like 2 a.m. to drop this motherfucker off. You know, if one dropped from the fucking sky in the middle of a city, then I'd be like, okay, we got aliens. But these things are just appearing after like a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks apart from each other. And that's because somebody's coordinating this shit between the United States and overseas. I would not be surprised if three to four more show up, but along the way, one dumbass gets caught. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's a definite possibility. Mm-hmm. How long have we been going now? <laughs> I, uh, probably like an hour or so and been having fun with it. It's been longer than that. Yeah. We started a little after seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, hey, when it comes down to it, uh, a part of me wishes that it was alien. Just going to say that right off oh, the bat. Yeah. A part of me definitely wishes it was alien. But in, in this day and age, especially where we're at, it's like, nah, it's not. It's not. It's not. Don't get but, my hopes up. Yeah. Oh, no, let's just hope that it is aliens. Oh, dude, if it is, it'd be awesome if it was. Yeah, it would. Oh, dude, I would have a field day with this shit. In fact, there's a YouTube, uh, there's a YouTube channel that I used to watch. In fact, they took the whole channel down, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. But this guy, he talked about like uh, Bob Laszlo, the guy who worked at uh, Area 51 and shit like that, mm-hmm. and he. He would do, uh, he would get videos from around the world of UFOs and stuff like that. And he would make sure that these are like nothing on his page was false. He would make sure that every single video or picture went through their paces to make sure that it was authentic. And, you know, it was like almost every week he had something new. And it was it was incredible. I was I was loving every second of it. You know, I would get the goosebumps and everything. And then one day, just like that, fucking channel went down. No explanations, nothing. All videos taken down, everything. And for me, I was like, he was probably on to something. You know, which is very fucking crazy. I really believe that he was on to something when it came down to uh, UFOs. In fact, there was an incident that happened in, uh, where was it? Where was it? I believe it was Alaska where you had the FBI and military there. And it was like a section that nobody could go to. Like they cut off like, it was like a fucking five to 10 mile radius where no one was allowed in that area because it was believed that a UFO crashed in Alaska. And it was, it was, it was fucking insane. Like the guy, like he was, he was feeding us updates through his videos. He was like, Oh, here's an update. There's a guy who stays not too far from there. And he's saying that activity there is nuts. You know, you got guys on fucking uh, snowmobiles riding through every half hour and stuff like that. 
you know, make sure everybody stays in their homes, nobody comes up the road or whatever. And it was just insane, you know, and I was following that very close. I was actually hoping to hear more about it, but I believe that was around the time that they uh, shut down the channel. And I was actually kind of mad at that. I was actually hoping to hear some, you know, news like, you know, hey, we got a photo or something. Like, it was, it was insane. But I'm going to basically wrap this up by asking uh, our viewers, do you believe in UFOs? Maybe? No? Yes? Do you think wrestling is real? <laughs> and would you rather be raced by Bigfoot or aliens? What was that, Jason? I said, and would you rather be raped by Bigfoot or aliens? And do you prefer boxing or UFC MMA? Mm -hmm. Hey, we'll find out. Thank you for joining us on a great edition of A Drink and a Talk. You guys have a good night. Take it easy. Say I love you.